Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micros podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's open micers in the house Pop that pussy with that open micers logo in your mouth Chase him with his bald ass head, take a lookin' in bread Open micers, bitch, heard what I said Drop that ass, drop that ass, open micers in the house Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house Open micers in the house, open micers is a mouse Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house the mic is now open Welcome to the Open Micers Podcast, my name is Jason Robbins I'm Jacob Craig. You guys just enjoyed our brand new intro brought to us by Mr. Mark Simmons. Thank him again for doing that for us. And guys, we have a fucking top tier guest with us on this podcast for you today. He is the host of the Chubby Behemoth podcast. You have seen him appear on the Joe Rogan Experience, Are You Garbage, Kill Tony, Your Mom's House, and every other major podcast. He is the author of the best-selling novel, Running the Light, which will soon be adapted into a major motion picture. He has performed on four out of the seven continents on the planet Earth. He has headlined the comedy mothership uh, comedy club, the best, the best comedy club in the country. He's done stand-up for Comedy Central, uh, True TV, as well as uh, his very own special, Waiting for Death to Claim Us, available now on Amazon Prime. You all have a chance to see him at Side Splitters in Tampa Bay, Florida, October 26th through the 28th. Tickets available now at samtalent.com. It's Sam Talent, everybody. How you doing, man? Woo-hoo. Jacob, what a lovely intro. Thank you so much. That was so kind. That intro was as good as Mark Simmons' uh, intro song was. Bad. Uh, Simmons, you need to look yourself in the mirror and... Uh, and realize that you just committed audio crime. Is this, do you guys like, do you guys like do a raffle to your listeners for a new intro song every week? Is that where that happens? Well, that's what so, we were trying to do, but uh, we only got okay. one entry. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so, way to show initiative, well, we Simmons. Good on you for that. Way to step up to the plate. But uh, I am reeling at, uh, at her, how horrific it was. Um, I don't think you look inbred at all, Jacob. I think you look uh, like you <laughs> come you. from strong stock. Jason, thank you. Bald, correct, but that's yes. not that doesn't define you. That's not all you are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's I, a solid personality trait. Yeah, I, feel like. I mean, I like being bald, but you know, that's just me. Well, I know, but when I when I would list you, I wouldn't say bald man. I'd say you know, Metroid fan, uh, Pac Man enthusiast, sits in front of a brick wall. You know, all the things that I know about you uh, before you're bald. <laughs> Metroid sexual. <laughs> There you go. See, Jacob's getting involved. He's having fun. Yeah, Jacob looks like he's uh, every week he comes to the show and it looks like he's coming from a bombed out shelter in uh, the Ukraine. But, you know, it works for us. Well, I think Jacob's getting enough calories. I don't think he's in a war torn area. I think Jacob is. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, you, you, you've had your meals today, have you not, Mr. Craig? 
Oh yeah, dude. I just got done eating like way too much hamburger helper. Jesus Christ. If you could, uh, I had to guess before the show, he was talking about the hamburger helper. If you could guess what hamburger helper he had, what would your, your guess be? I mean, I don't want to sound like a debutante, but I don't know all of the flavor varietals of hamburger helper. If there's an Alfredo one, I would guess Alfredo for Jacob. Pretty close. First of all, don't lie to me, Mr. Sam Talent. You know good and goddamn well every flavor of hamburger helper. <laughs> no, no. No, I don't, I don't eat like uh, my parents just died and I haven't called the coroner yet. I eat like an adult. I like vegetables. Uh, <laughs> most box things I try to avoid. I mean, you know, I have a slut's tongue and, uh, and, 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 and the self-control of a, of a boy left alone with a gourd that's been ripened and softened. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, hamburger helpers uh, daily, daily up. So what, what flavor was it? Uh, beef stroganoff. Okay. So yeah, that, that, if I gun to my head, if I had to name one flavor, it would have been that. But I thought maybe they had some like advancements in hamburger help technology and <laughs> Alfredo might be available. My guess was Beefy Mac because he looks like a Beefy Mac kind of guy. He does. Yeah. I agree with Jason. Yes, Jacob. You look like a Beefy Mac kind of guy. <laughs> gotcha. I, I actually played bass for Beefy Mac in high school. Uh, <laughs> then we found your new Twitter handle, Beefy Mac. That's good. At Beefy Mac. Dude. Yeah. I, I need a Mac in my name. I need to change my last name to McDonald or something and just go by Beefy Mac. You just go by Mac. Tell we're not black comedians. Yeah. You can well, just go I... by Mac Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> right. MC Beefy, baby. I would That's buy an beefy. album by Jason, MC Beefy. Jason, did you eat slop as well for dinner or did you eat adult food? I have not eaten dinner today. I had a okay. turkey sandwich for lunch and uh, I have go, not classic. eaten dinner. I love a turkey sandwich. Might be the definitive sandwich for me. When I think sandwich, that's my platonic ideal. Turkey. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you what kind of turkey sandwich are you talking? Are you talking like a sub or like a good a uh, good, you know, turkey with just mustard and mayonnaise or like what what are we talking here? Uh, I mean, a turkey sub is a little too much. I, I'd like a Kaiser roll sandwich if I may. Maybe a potato bread would be solid. Uh Depending on what time of day it is, if it's uh, before uh, noon, some butter on that bread with some turkey and a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. black ketchup, uh, black uh, pepper. Black ketchup. And then, <laughs> I know I didn't say ketchup. I caught myself. I meant pepper. Everybody chill out. All right. Discord. Put your fucking keyboards down. But after, after noon, yeah, mayonnaise is necessary. It's just a matter of some kind of uh, fat added to the turkey and then a shitload of black pepper. What are your feelings yeah. on Miracle Whip? Love it. All for it. What's the matter with it? I think people who are against it just do that because they think it's cool. I, they're the same people who say, you know, like, they can't wait for the day after Thanksgiving so they can have the Die Hard as a Christmas movie argument yet again. <laughs> I just think the first time I ever had Miracle Whip was at my grandma's house, and I thought it was actually mayonnaise, but it just tasted, it made my, my sandwich taste sour, and I, I haven't had it since. Sour. Yeah, it like had a sour flavor to it. At no, least I it's, thought. It's a, sweet, it, it's a sweet treat. It's almost frosting for your sandwich. I can't. I can't. Sour. I, can't, I, can't. I think you just had like a jar of Dukes, you know, because you were down there in the antebellum south and you just got back in from a day of sharecropping and you were like, <laughs> ooh, 
Ocean Springs is Wilton today, mama. And then you went to the fridge and your grandparents didn't pay their bills. So you just got like rotten mayonnaise. Yeah, that's probably, what I'm guessing that's happened. probably more like the truth. Yes. Jacob, you love Miracle Whip. No question necessary. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. It's, it's quite a miracle, to be honest. It's named after. All right. Strike one for Jacob. Otherwise, you've been doing great. <laughs> Sam, uh, I have to ask you something, buddy. Because um, so at the beginning of June, we had Mo Alexander on the program, dear friend of oh, ours. Yeah, yes. And he was telling us about working with you, and he uh, he told me to ask you about the term uppity Negro. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I drank. I had a couple scotches, and I decided to describe Mo perfectly, and that's what I said. Um, no. So we did a show and we found a bottle of wine in, uh, in the green room freezer, the uppity Negro brand wine, which was made by people in Parker, Colorado, which is the County next to where I grew up. And I have to assume 99.9% white. Um, and you know, we laughed, we, uh, I think Mo's driver or partner or nurse, I can't remember who she was, but she, she received like a bunch of free merch from the venue because, uh, they were so just stricken, uh, with <laughs> how tone deaf having up any Negro in the freezer was. Um, but you know, Mo had fun and, uh, Mo was happy cause he got paid. He got his guarantee, which is a big chocolate cake. So he was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mo. Mo's great. And you guys heard the story about him at Go Bananas? No, uh, no, I don't think so. I believe it's Go Bananas. I this is this might be folklore, but I think it's true. Um, Mo Alexander was doing a show at Go Bananas, and he like slipped on the way up to the stage, and Mo, you know enormous um he he couldn't he couldn't get up so they just like he just did he like did an hour from his back or from his belly and he killed of course which that's not the surprise i would love to see mo prone and supine but the big part of the story that makes me crackle is he also sold his merch from his back so he's like upside down as people are coming to the stage and he's signing them all, all of his things yeah mo's uh mo's a legend and one of the worst people to have to follow in the history of comedy. Oh, he really no kills. I would not want to follow Mo like, ever. Oh, I have. It's it's unpleasant. <laughs> he shouldn't be featuring I mean, ever. Even opening for No, even opening for him is tough because he's sitting there watching you just judging. Like I'm about to do so much better than anything you're doing right now. I think, young Jacob, that you're putting that on Mo. Mo's like an actual, he actually loves comedy. Uh, as much as he watches due to his need to be, you know, he has, a, he has to have a special proximity to the stage so he can make it up there in time. Um, but also, he just loves comedy, and he watches comedy. And it's one of the most endearing things about him. That's true. I will say that the biggest dopamine hit of the last month that I've gotten was Mo Alexander laughing at my material like louder than anyone else in the room. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he loves to laugh. He's just one of the good guys. Always stoked yeah. to run into Mo on the road. And also he like knows where all the bodies are buried for every bad, like bonkers <laughs> club in the American Southeast. So he can really talk shit. Right. So you, you have no love for the bonkers clubs if he got down here. Oh, I don't know. I, that was just like my go-to uh, punchline comedy club name that I could think of for down there. 
I thought bonkers clubs. I thought those were just like one nighter rooms that were set up in casinos. I didn't know they were actual comedy clubs. No, they are one nighter rooms that are set up in casinos. Okay, but there's they not like a freestanding bonkers clubs. anywhere, is there? No. No, they're they're okay. all inside of casinos. But that's yeah, that's all we they're got. Like a regional approximation of like a triple run or like a entertainment max thing, right? Yeah, basically, like like the people that are headlining there are like guys from New Orleans who like use credits that they don't actually have that are just very generalized like you know cbs because they were on the local news or some shit wow jacob kitty has claws casting shade to the new orleans comedy scene no well i mean i'm just (laughs) look look how jealous you are over there in biloxi (laughs) right no i have no room to talk i don't even have bullshit credits but yeah unless you've unless you've headlined uh unless you've headlined the harpoon in uh Orange Beach, Alabama. You have no room to talk. All right, Jacob. <laughs> right. That sounds like a strip club. I don't even know what that is. Unless you've been stiffed in Mobile by Ryan Jetton, you have no business to talk. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh, have you worked with Ryan Jetton in Mobile? I, I obviously you have because you just pulled that name out of nowhere. No, Jacob. I just guessed both those names and locations. <laughs> yes, of course I have. <laughs> Jeez, kid journalism here. Jacob Craig, everyone asking the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> Look, man. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think that guy even does comedy anymore. If it makes you feel better, he has two names. That's not his real name. Isn't he a stage name? No. Jason's eerily quiet right now. He doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> no. No, yeah, he know. definitely just he quit comedy during COVID because he was one of those like crazy people. Because we did shows down here like the whole fucking time, and yeah. he was one of those people who are like, "Shame on you! You're killing everybody!" And then just quit comedy. Yeah, uh, who's funny? There's Govna. He's down there. He's funny. Uh, yeah, he we know Alfred Ward. Is Alfred Ward still alive? Yeah, Alfred he Ward. he he just featured for uh, Caleb Sinan down here. There you go. See? Yeah, I mean, I really like the Gulf Coast. I like Orange Beach a lot. I like uh, Ocean Ocean Springs a lot. That whole area between, I mean, Pensacola is like my favorite secret place in America, but between Pensacola and New Orleans, there's a lot of great land down there. Yeah, man. There's, there's, I mean, there's getting to be some better spots to do, too. Like, we still don't have any real major clubs, but I feel like we have some of the best bar shows in the country in, like, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Okay. Who... What was his name? Brandon something. Real slow talking black guy. I think he's in the Navy. Brand Philly? Yeah, dude. Brandon Philly. So. Don't say rapist. <laughs> no. But okay. I will say that uh, my very first time ever getting a spot, it was my first time ever doing comedy, and I was like, book to do a show. And uh, Brandon Philly was supposed to like headline it or whatever, and he didn't show up. And I so I took his spot, and then he just like Damn. moved away. And I don't think he does comedy anymore. So you owe him everything. You owe I him, owe him everything. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I live in the shadow of Brandon Philly. We all do, man. I love Brandon. He ran. A, he ran a very bad show in Ocean Springs. He was outside, and. Uh, there was like some like very drunk man and he just came on stage and sat down on this bench while I was performing. And I just had to do crowd work with this man who'd like, you know, I don't think he understood that he was outside even. He was so, he was like three sheets. So, but yeah, I mean, he paid well. He's a nice guy. 
Where was, was this was show this at? Sh- was it at the juke joint? Yeah, the juke joint. Hell yeah, dude. That's still like the comedy spot down here. But it's actually nice, like man. it's gotten like way better. It's actually like a really dedicated spot. That's where Mo just came. Like he fucking loves this place. Like where's the where's the blind mule? Is that Hattiesburg or Mobile? Blind it was Mobile. Yeah. They don't do comedy there anymore, dude. Damn. Yeah, the, the owners just decided. Right. <laughs> After fucking uh Hannibal Burris dropped by there. Killer Bees is done there. Um, Love Killer Bees. They had just decided to stop doing comedy, and they had Judah Friedlander set up the fucking headline. And I was huh. supposed to open for Judah Friedlander, and then they just stopped doing comedy. I was so fucking mad. That's disappointing. What's the name of the place in Hattiesburg? Um, they have SoPro, Southern Prohibition, up there right now. Shit. I don't know. They're anyway. Like- yeah, I know the Not group. enough love for one of the worst shows I ever did was in Mississippi. I think it was Meridian, Mississippi. Oh yeah, Meridian's awful. <laughs> yeah, fuck. It was in this giant theater, and I did it the year before, and I did it in like the bar area attached to the theater, and it was packed. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna move into the theater next time." And I was like, "Don't do that. Just because there's 50 people here doesn't mean you guys should move into the 600 person room next door." And next time I did it, we did the theater. And I think it sat 600 and there was maybe 15 people there and they didn't make them sit in one designated area. They like sat in the different one, you know, four people sat on the balcony, two sat in the way back and the host had never done stand up before. So he's like, I'll do 15. And I'm like, Oh good. And he goes up, he does three minutes. And then the feature had like barely done stand up and was supposed to do like 25 and did seven or something. So I, I remember I had to fill an hour and 20 minutes worth of comedy for 15 people. And I was, I mean, by the end of it, I was guessing people's birthdays. I mean, I was just <laughs> oh, desperate no. for any kind of human connection. Cause if we didn't do the whole 90 minute show, we wouldn't have gotten paid. And it, it would have been just been better to give, you know, the $90 back or whatever. But I've never done comedy in Meridian, but I have played their be- music there before. Um, we were booked to play, I don't even remember the name of the bar, but I'm pretty sure the night we played was neo-Nazi night, and uh, <laughs> we thought we were going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, was this before or after you lost all your hair? Oh, it was... Uh, it yeah, was, I was about to say. It was after, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think oh, you they, you were <laughs> I think they thought I was one of them, but definitely not. <laughs> right. Uh, Mississippi. Dude, I, my, my grandfather's I, from Como. Oh, really? That's, uh, that's, that's right. north, isn't it? That's right. Sorry, I cut you off, Jacob. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to I was gonna relate to your theater story. I had done a gig in Anniston, Alabama, at probably the worst comedy club in the entire country. And um, we were doing a Friday and a Saturday. And on the Friday, people showed up to buy tickets, and they were turning them around. They said, come back tomorrow, because we're going to have the comedians and drag queens here. Okay. So they're telling people to not buy tickets to the show. So there's no one at the show that's bought tickets. So we have to do our show for the bar staff so that the owner of the club doesn't have an excuse to not pay us for both days. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you have to do what you have to do to get the money. But uh, I bet the bar staff was probably polite. Did they have a nice time? Uh, So... One of one person did. 
Like one waitress had a very good time. She was like, oh, these guys are actually funny. And everyone else was just like, this is every Friday for us. I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Like at the end of it, the owner's like brother or something had a conversation with him. It was like, I can't keep fucking doing this, dude. I can't. I, I can't. Because <laughs> he's like borrowing money from him to keep the club yeah. open and shit. Yeah. It's always fun when you see the uh, interpersonal, uh, uh, the familial conflict live immediately after you get paid. It's even worse if it's right before you get paid because then you like feel bad and you're like, oh, maybe we should give him some of this back. <laughs> oh, man. Those, those days of empathy. It was well before we got paid. He paid us at the end of Saturday. So we're just like ready to walk to our hotel room and he's yeah. like having an argument with these people. And we're like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> Is there any money to be paid for us? Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you survived. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not out of the woods yet. <laughs> I'm fucking still working. Bubba. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do is keep working, keep our head down, keep trying. I'm, I'm glad you're out of those times, Sam, but I want to talk a little bit about some of your bad times because I want to know about the open mic comedy scene in Denver when you were hosting it. And I want to know about the room that you hosted at the Squire Lounge in Denver. Oh yeah. Uh, when I started in like 2006 or seven, there was like, there was Lions Lair, there was the Squire. And then there was the Redfish Brewery in Boulder. There was like three or four mics in like the entire Boulder, Denver metro area. And nice. Um, I started at the Redfish and Boulder was the first place I went up because they were not 21 plus. Uh, and then I started going up at the Lions Lair because they would let me wait outside until I went on and then I would go on stage. Uh, and I'd leave immediately because I was under 21. And then I ended up running the Lair. The Lair is still going. I, I think it's been going for over 20 years with different hosts. I hosted the Lair for like seven years and then the Squire Lounge was like the cool guy, Mike. He was on Tuesday night, started at like midnight. Um, and it was like a real hip place, a lot of black t-shirts, eyeliner, leather, just like <laughs> very like cool, young, artistic, at least like, you know, put on airs of artistic uh, merit, like a crowd. Uh, it was just, it was like the ultimate hipster spot in Denver. And on Tuesday nights, I used to have this gig where I was like fifth mic on this thing called Marijuana Radio which was in Denver and it was like one of the first podcasts and it did huge numbers early on because it was competing against like three other things that called themselves podcasts. So I would go and do marijuana radio and they didn't pay us. But we would just smoke like all the weed possible and eat a bunch of edibles and get, you know, very dangerously stoned. And, and then I didn't have it in me to go to the squire afterward because I was just like, so torn out the frame. So I eventually started going to the Squire when I was like 20, 21. And I thought it was just this like popularity contest where only cool guys would win the Squire bar tab and only cool guys got to go on because, you know, it started at midnight and last call in Denver's too. So it only had like a 90 minute window of like actual comedy. And, you know, fucking Josh Blue would go up, Ben Roy, Chuck Roy, John Novosad, Troy Walker, Adam Caton Holland, like all these comics who to this day have very good careers. Um, and if you got up before 1 a.m., like that meant that the host, Greg Baumauer, thought you were funny. And if you got up afterward, it was just like, OK, we're going to throw you to the wolves. 
And Greg was like notoriously mean. He would say awful, cruel things like not even really funny, cruel, just like very like poignant and like, you know, perceptive burns uh, against you. Uh, but if he didn't like you, he wouldn't say anything about you, which was even worse. Like you knew that Greg liked you when he was like, Oh, I can't wait to titty fuck Sam after the show. <laughs> like that meant that you were making progress there. Um, but Greg got paid like 150 bucks to host this mic. Cause it was packed And the lion's lair. Me and my buddy, Roger, we shared $25. Like we split $25 and we got free beer out of the whole thing. And we hosted that one from 10 to 2 AM every Monday. Uh, that was for like the love of the game. I mean, you know, it was fun. A lot of kids started at the Lion's Lair. A lot of, like, comics who've gone on in Denver to have nice careers, they all started at the Lair. And then when I got handed the Squire, that was on Tuesday night. So, like, Monday, Tuesday, it was just, you know, I was effectively uh, the arbiter of, uh, of comedy those two nights. And going from making, like, no money to getting the 150 that Greg got was life-changing. Um, and also a big honor because the Squire was the big mic in Denver. Like that was the uh, that was the place where you were officially like knighted or anointed as like legitimate comedian. If you won the Squire bar tab, that was a rite of passage. So for him to hand it to me was like very much uh, flattering, and I took a lot of pride in that. And I hosted that until I left for Las Vegas in 2016. But yeah, those were those were big nights, man. The Squire, like I'm sorry, I'm I'm just rattling on, but when ahead. I think about these things. <laughs> That's exactly what we wired up. The Squire was nuts. Like when I started going there, uh, there were there were there were billiards tables in there, and um, it was on Colfax Avenue. And Colfax is like allegedly the dangerous part of Denver. Um, I think it's just like a place where you know there it, there's active nightlife, you know, and not all that nightlife is white people. And Denver being historically like a very like racist place. It's like, Oh, an old black guy in the corner, stay away from there after sundown. Uh, so, but there were like actual, like there was pimps, there was open air drug deals at the bar at the Squire. Um, I mean, I saw, I know a guy got hit in the head with a, uh, with a padlock and a sock Jeez. after a show at the Squire. There were like stabbings. I saw guns pulled like, it was a very, very uh, exciting place to like the just like the smell of danger in the air when I was, you know, 20, 21, 22. Um, and then they totally like go around it. Then they, they totally like sold it off to um, or they like half sold it to uh, a different place, a different owner of uh, who owned like a variety of gay bars in town. And he totally cleaned it up and it wasn't the same place when I took it over, but. God, those early nights at the Squire were so exciting. There was girls there. Like, if you were funny, like, you know, girls might talk to you. People would offer you cocaine. Like, it was it was nuts, man. It was a good time. And then after, oh, yeah, what, it what was it like? like a good room. What was it like once you got to Vegas? I mean, what was the what was the the scene like between Denver and and Vegas? I mean, Denver pound for pound has been one of the best comedy scenes in America for, you know at least since probably 2005. I mean, the comedy works before that even. I mean, we've produced nothing but killers. Um, and then, you know, after those initial years, like my nascent period in Denver, eventually there was two mics a night and most of them were good. You could get up at least at one good mic once a week and once a night in Denver. Um, so to go from like this place where like, you know, there were comedy nerds and there was people who were invested and, um, you know, great just like uh, DIY shows and alt shows, as well as like the Comedy Works being one of the, if not the best club in the country there is like a 
kind of like a carrot, like a reward. If you did good there, then you got passed to weekends and you got to open for, you know, Attell and Colin Quinn and like Maria Bamford, like all these really good comics. Being a comic works comic was like a badge of honor to go from that to Vegas. There was just like, it was very bleak, man. It was very hard. There was, uh, the kind of comedy that flourishes in Las Vegas is very, um, uncreative. It's very base, very vulgar. Um, and I did not necessarily want to uh, get good at that kind of comedy. So I bombed a lot and I was on the road a lot when I lived in Vegas. But like the open mics there were, I, the, there was the dive bar on Monday, which was a fun hang, but the show itself was a bloodbath. And then there were other shows that were like fun hangs because there are funny people in Vegas and they're fun to hang out with. But as far as like the stage time, Vegas in particular, like every bar has video poker at the bar. So if people do come to watch the show, if there are people who are insane enough to come to an open mic, in order for them to order a drink, they have to get through the armor of, uh, of people who are just like lined up at the bar playing video poker who have no idea. They're just, you know, addicted to gambling and they just keep pumping their dollars in so they get their free rum and Cokes. Uh, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was very bad, dude. I don't think it's at all. So why did you why did you move from Denver to Las Vegas? What was the, what was the reason for that? Oh, my wife got into med school there, so it was her oh, first few years okay. of med school. We're in Las Vegas, so we got married in 2016 in June, and then like I think July, like a week later, we moved to Vegas. And uh, yeah, I mean, I never would, I would never wish living in Vegas on anyone, man. <laughs> it's just like a vapid, empty, cultureless place. Wow. And yeah, I say I mean, that as someone who, like, I have friends there, and, like, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, just like anyone, I like going to Vegas for three days. That's fun. I'm glad it exists. It's a very American place. You can just be, like, a hardworking dude and go there and spend as much money as you can, and they'll treat you like a prince for it, and I like that. But living there was just really fucking tough, especially because my wife was so busy with med school, and it's 110 degrees outside. Like, you're just trapped in your house. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like the ideal place for comedy. Like, I feel like the the big comedians that go to Vegas just kind of have their own residencies, and they're just like, "All right, I'm I'm here for these this weekend, and then I'm gone." Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's good clubs there. Uh, that that's all valid and stuff. And if you're a fucking carrot top, like, yeah, your life is solid. But if you're yeah. just like a, you know, if you're just a comedian, like, I I don't know if there's a worse place in America to learn how to do stand up than Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably not. I mean, it, it's, it sounded very similar to the South a little bit when you, you talk about the kind of comedy that they do there. Cause it's like down here, if you do a joke where that makes someone have to think, they're just like, ah, oh, God. <laughs> not following uh, this I don't know. I mean, clearly, you know it better than me, but I know a lot of like very smart comics who've come from the South. Um, and also, like, you live so close to so many cities in the South that um, I feel like to try and like, um, I don't know, throw a blanket over the entire region. As far as like me being a carpetbagger from out West, I really much enjoy going to the South, like Chattanooga. Uh, I love Atlanta. I love Charleston, Savannah, Pensacola, New Orleans. Um, I've had fun in Tuscaloosa. I mean, sure. Sometimes you have to like dumb down the jokes and up the swearing, but I don't know, dude. I've definitely like met a lot of very civically minded people in the South. Like the people who I know who are the most involved in like their local politics are always Southern because they, you guys, I don't know. 
a lot of the young people I meet down there seem to bear this like guilty cross and they want to do everything they can to kind of like potentiate change. Um, but that's just me. That's just my opinion. I think the South might be my favorite place to do stand up, honestly. Except for like on Saturdays during college football season. That's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I mean, col- I mean, college football is king here in the South. Like, you're not going to yeah. be able to compete with that. No, I know. I've made the mistake of, you know, trying to do Tuscaloosa on a Saturday. It's just, it's bad. I mean, it's not just local to the South, but it's the most pronounced in the South. Yeah, I used to host a uh, an open mic in Gulfport on Monday nights, and whenever Monday night football was on, it's like we might as well just cancel the show, dude. Like, oh, for sure, yeah, because we're not allowed to turn football off. There will oh, be correct. a riot. Yeah, we got to tell you guys about B Res Coffee Company. That's right, B Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. So where's your your favorite uh, place? Like, Where do you think the comedy is boiling? right now because down here on along the coast it's uh it's it's lafayette is doing really well and um do you yeah do you go to austin a lot what do you think about the austin scene well like what jason's done in lafayette is pretty sick um i mean and i don't i mean stop me if i'm wrong but i feel like he is the sole reason that you know Lafayette has become a stop uh, to the point where I think people do Lafayette more than they do New Orleans now. Like once you leave Houston, uh, it's like Lafayette's a much better stop. I mean, God bless New Orleans. New Orleans is my favorite place in America. And back in the day, it used to be a pretty good comedy scene. Um, There was a lot of stage time. Uh, It seemed like those mics were like pretty fairly well attended. And also there was a lot of very funny people there that you kind of would like, you know, be able to watch and learn from. So I used to tell people to move to New Orleans. If they're like, hey, I don't want to move to New York or L.A. right now. Uh, where should I move before I move somewhere big? It's like, try New Orleans, you know? Same way I would say, like, Chicago or something. Um, but, yeah, I like Austin. I mean, I've just been lucky to have been able to, I've been, like, you know, blessed by not just being passed at uh, Creek in the Cave, but also, like, the mothership. So I very much like the stage time that I have there. Um, and... I don't know. I mean, I know that there's like a massive, massive divide down there between the comics who've been there forever. Um, you know, Jay Watt and Avery Moore, love very comics who've been there versus like the new giant influx uh, who've come in, who kind of have this kind of, I don't know, idea of how comedy should be done. Because um, Austin, when I would go there, it was always a really nice place where you could see um, a variety of, of comedy. And now I think that Austin is um, being dominated by kind of like a... Uh, I don't know, an unnecessarily edgy uh, style of comedy that, um, I mean, I like silly comedy. I don't like comedy that takes itself seriously, I guess. I mean, I'm not an anti-edgy comedy. It's just like, to take yourself seriously is, is a dangerous game as a comedian. And I think some people in Austin are taking themselves very seriously when they have barely five minutes of material. And, uh, you know, they think they should be like, you know, headlining or featuring. And it's like, you've been doing stand-up for like two and a half years. You should pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. So do you think that's kind that's, of a... That's everyone everywhere. 
Do you think that's maybe a backlash to to uh, social media over the last few years, like people getting canceled and stuff like that? Do you feel like that uh, the edgy comedy is kind of a backlash to that? No, I think that the people I'm talking about have like no danger of being canceled because they don't have anything. Like in order to be canceled, you have to like have something taken away from you. And I'm I'm talking about like young comedians who think that they're uh, you know Bill Hicks because they say slurs. And it's like, just like learn how to paint the landscape before you think you're Jackson Pollock. That's always been my idea of comedy. It's yeah. like learn how to do it before you try and reinvent it or, you know. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, just, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's been pretty much like, I think it's been like pretty fairly well, like demonstrated that cancellation like isn't a thing. Um, people who have historically been canceled, like have at most points, I mean, your classic examples of Shane Gillis and Louis CK, they've been galvanized. Um, Shane was always like incredibly funny, but I think that, you know, his quote unquote cancellation put a lot of eyes on him and it allowed a lot of people who enjoy a good standup to find him. Um, I don't know if, if Shane is canceled. I don't know if he becomes, if he isn't canceled, I don't know if he becomes the theater act he is now, you know, mm. I don't, I think the yeah. whole cancellation thing is just part of a greater culture war that doesn't really exist. That keeps us from like, you know, loving our neighbors and True. realizing who the enemies are. Yeah. I don't know if, if Shane becomes the, you know, sort of cultural phenomenon with the giant YouTube special, if he gets on SNL for a year before they fire him, like, yeah. Or I mean, maybe he becomes Adam Sandler. Who knows? Like uh, they, that SNL can go either way for people. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's happening everywhere. I just think it's the loudest in Austin because, I mean, there's there's so many people that are like, you know, screaming about like, oh, I'm being gatekeeped from getting into this and this in Austin. And then it's like, I mean, you have open micers on every scene that just like show up, say something racist, and they're like, book me for the next showcase. I'm, <laughs> I'm next in comedy. Yeah, I don't think that the thing I'm describing is unique to Austin. I think it's just more like um, dense there. I think that there's more of a propensity yeah. of it to, uh, because there's a bit of an echo chamber. What you just described usually, um, in most scenes, will usually have like, you know, the four comics who wear trench coats and fingerless gloves. Um, and they get together and they do like the slur show. Um, but in Austin, there's just like, uh, there's just, there's a lot more comics there. Uh, of every ilk and variety. And if you have more people to uh, reiterate the things you're saying, I think that you become more fully and firmly entrenched in that belief system. Uh, the thing about Austin, though, is like there's like a clear, there seems to be like a clear, you know, like the mothership is Rogan's castle. And if you can get in there, there's the possibility that you can be, um, or at least the idea that you can be like, have your career made overnight. Uh, as opposed to, I don't know if that really exists anywhere else in America. Um, I mean, what's the big thing in Chicago? Like, getting past the Laugh Factory? Like, I don't think that holds as much prestige at all. Like, there are successful comedians who have, don't give two shits about getting past the comedy store. Uh, I know a lot of the comics in New York don't really care about the seller. Or comics who do you get past the seller and they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, nothing has changed for me. So I think that that's like kind of the outlier about Austin is you have like, you know, that like fucking crystal castle that is uh, the mothership. 
Yeah, I mean, the mothership just kind of really created another city that's a hot spot for comedy, like a major hot spot to where it's like, it's not just like New York, LA, Chicago, Denver. It's like, okay, Austin is like where all of the hack open micers in the South are going to go because they think they're going to get famous now. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, a lot of, I, I think it, I think that to be a young comedian, you're going to be hack, you know, when you are like a young open micer. Um, but I think that, yeah, like a moth to the flame situation, there's just a lot of comics who think, you know, cause like the big part about being a comedian, especially early on is you like have to be delusional. You have to keep lying to yourself about like, it's going to work out. I am funny. Like the people at the open mic are crazy. Um, so, but when that delusion doesn't go away and you can't really like take an honest assessment of where you're at after three to five years, that's the insane people who go to Austin and, um, you know, pitch tents behind kill Tony. Yeah. Oh dude. The, the amount of bad open micers who have actually like gotten success from doing a bad minute on kill Tony is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure we can all like name names of people who we don't think are, uh, legitimate or unworthy of, uh, what they've been given, but, you know, it's like it, you can, you can talk shit and that's very easy, but then there is the example of, you know, like it's, I'm glad that William Montgomery got shine from that. Um, William's a singular, weird, unique voice who started in Denver and I've been uh, a fan of his and a champion of his. So like there's many like issues there are with kill Tony. The people who watch that show are like, like I did Rogan and I did kill Tony, dude, the kill Tony fans are the shit. Like they love stand up. Uh, and they love watching those people grow. Um, so when like a Kill Tony fan shows up at a show, like I saw you on Kill Tony, you kind of know like, okay, this person is uh, is a fan of comedy, and it's good. I know, I know you weren't indicting Kill Tony. Um, it's just like for the I don't know why, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to vent frustrations on you. I'm enjoying myself <laughs> with y'all, but I've been asked about Kill Tony like four times in the last week, and it's like, it's good. I think it's a valuable thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I think that, hey, if comedy crowds are dumb enough to, like, you know, allow some guy who had a fucking overnight phenomenon and kill Tony, if they want to, like, buy that ticket, that sucks because maybe they don't buy any more tickets after that. But that's kind of on them for, like, having truly terrible taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, kill Tony's such a huge deal, a huge deal because he just, you know, he dropped that teaser today about doing the HEB arena. Like, I mean, it's. Yeah you know, gen- genuinely one of the biggest podcasts in the entire world. I just, I think that like, and I know people personally who have done this, who have just uprooted their entire fucking lives and moved to Austin with not a good five minutes of material to try to get on kill Tony for a minute and bomb. And then like be a road comic. Like I've yeah. seen it happen, like nothing on kill Tony, but like there are people that are genuinely insane that want to build a whole career off of getting roasted by Tony Hinchcliffe. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I didn't know how big of a deal it was until I did it because I never like watched it, but man, it is a phenomenon, dude. It is wild. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you have something so unique, like no, no other podcast in the entire world does. Well, there's a lot of copycats, but like, you know, no one else does what kill Tony does. Like it's genuinely like, launched people's careers i mean hans kim is headlining fucking everywhere and selling out like it's crazy man. 
Yes, it is crazy. Yes. <laughs> I agree that parts Sam, of what you just said are crazy. Yes. <laughs> Sam doesn't want to talk about Kill Tony anymore, so I'm going to ask him a different question. No, no, no. I'm just saying that some of the things you said are indeed insane. <laughs> I think I know which things, but I'm not going to. I'm not having some kind of attack. I'm not nodding. I'm definitely not (laughs) nodding. Oh, Sam, before we get you out of here, my man, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I want to talk about your book, dude, because I mean, it's, it's genuinely, you know, one of the best comedy. And I don't even know if I've ever seen like a comedy novel like this i mean it's a bestseller it's getting turned into a movie what's different writing a comedy novel than it is like your regular stand-up set uh probably like i don't like i don't i'm not good at writing for the stage i just like try and improvise and um you know if you have an idea you just keep attacking it over and over again so uh I think like they, they they're completely separate things. I've never been I've never been a good like joke writer unless it's a roast or something. And then I can step up and be mean to my friends. But um, uh, like writing, I don't know. I I, I like writing uh, fiction. Uh, I don't necessarily enjoy writing jokes. I enjoy like finding out what's funny organically. I think. And I mean, of course, it sounds pretentious and everything. It's just like when you watch uh, when I watch open like one liner comics, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wish I could do that. You know, so it's grass is greener. But um, I guess I truly only know how to like. The only thing I would claim any kind of like uh, proficiency at is writing fiction. I would never claim to be like a good joke writer. And it's just like sitting down. You're at the computer. You don't know if it's good or bad. You know, if you write a joke, you can go tell it and find out if it's good or bad and iterate upon it. But like, you don't know something that you wrote at your computer is good until much later when people read it. And you have to have this like weird confidence that feels unjustified. Um, But I really enjoy writing fiction for sure. I always I get to the point where I'm like, if I if I had to choose one or the other, I might. I don't know, dude. I really like writing. I really like uh, that. But of course, if I quit stand up, I would lose my fucking mind and I would miss it immediately. So I don't think I could ever like actually sincerely say that I would choose writing over I would choose stand up because that would be that would just be a lie, I think. Right. So, yeah, I feel like the payoff's definitely different. Like the payoff for stand up is like immediate, like, okay, this works and this doesn't. And then like acting or writing or anything like that, where it's just kind of being recorded for later. I mean, even podcasting in a way, it's like, is this fucking funny? Like, is this good? And then you have oh, to yeah. put it out for, for feedback. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that that's very insightful and very true. Um, yeah, I guess I never think about it with podcasts, because I feel like if anyone's going to listen to your podcast, they like you already. So hopefully they'll, like, give you the benefit of the doubt and, like, give you a little more leeway to, like, figure out what's funny. Uh, but I've also never hosted a podcast that had a theme or anything. So I think what you guys are doing are probably, is probably like smarter long-term, you know, like having a, like a yeah. well, I mean, definite thing you're going to talk about every time. Asshole. Well, to be fair, Sam, we just now kind of started doing that despite the name, like every episode before this one, we were just like, Hey man, what was the last time you shit your pants? You think you could fight a bear? And then this right, time yeah. we're like, let's talk about open mic shit. Cause we want yeah. to actually have listeners. I get that. Yeah, I think that if you can find the niche, um, 
especially because like young comedians love they they love I mean I loved the the fucking you know ins and outs the minutia of stand up and then I think you keep doing it for a while and you're like the last thing I would ever want to talk about is stand up you know um, I mean this is fun and when you get with your friends and you can kind of complain but God you know there's like I don't know. Sometimes I meet up with comics and like all they want to talk about is how they're bearing this cross of like, yeah, it's just like we're on the road. People don't get it. And it's like, dude, I mean, God bless you, but you slept 22 hours yesterday. I mean, (laughs) you're not, you're not a fucking, you know, philosopher King. So anyway. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of comics like reminiscing as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sentimentality. There's a rose colored lenses to it. Yeah. Because I mean, if if you if you are an open mic or listening, like the best time you're gonna have in stand up is the first three years you do it. That's when it's exciting. You're like doing this really hard thing. You're figuring out how to do this hard thing. You're meeting other people. You're being exposed to all these like wild ideas. You're having late nights. You're, you know, you're you're just meeting you're meeting freaks. You're meeting mutants. Like I I loved I loved those first three years of open mics. It was such a just uh, every night was so exciting, and um. I think that kind of wanes, or at least you you go you go numb to it after a while. Yeah, or you just get better at comedy if you're doing it right. I feel like as you get better at comedy, it's like your eyes kind of you know start squinting a little bit. You're just like, all right, I'm gonna show up, be good at comedy, and then go back to my hotel. Yeah, you do, but that kind of like myopic situation, like you know, like that's why I like Mo, like talking about him again, like he watches stand up. I fucking never watch anyone set, you know, I just pace in the back of the room or in the green room, uh, just, you know, having nothing but doubts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is easy to romanticize those early years. Cause it was, it was just lovely. It was just like, it was, you were get, finding a new drug. It was all the trite, hacky, cliche things people say about stand up are very true in those first three years. And I, the thing with Mo is he's so relaxed all the time. Like during Jacob's yeah. set, like waiting for him to go on stage, Jacob's up there doing his set. Mo's just sitting there, just grinding through some some wings. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he was grinding through them wings, dude. I could hear it on stage. <laughs> I could hear him chewing on stage. Oh, it's terrible, dude. <laughs> But dude, Mo Mo has to be relaxed all the time so he doesn't have another pulmonary embolism. <laughs> like that's just what oh, he has to man. Do. See, I keep trying. Yeah. I keep trying. Every time Mo comes to town, I keep trying to take him to this. Uh, you've been to Ocean Springs, so do you know Pleasant's Barbecue? Me, I do not know. Okay, so it's this place called Pleasant's Barbecue and Used Tires. You can go there. You can get some used tires put on your car and have some barbecue okay. while you wait. Wow. I personally Finally. Like, I personally enjoy the barbecue there. Jacob does not, but I, I don't know. Look, and and I'll tell you why because it's like it's the kind of people that go to this place are the kinds of people who buy used tires. Yeah. So if you're fucking yeah. I mean if you're buying used tires, they make the kind of barbecue for people that enjoy buying used tires. Like, hey, some of us are just thrifty. Idea. Okay, some of us are thrifty. And we like to get a few more miles out of our tires, all right? I feel like I've walked into some kind of blood feud between the two of you right now. This tire debate has been going on for, for since, since words began. So, dude, do you want to get into a fucking, like, actual heated debate between me and Jason? Like, can you yes. try, try to help us settle it? 
Sure. Okay. I feel like you're going to be on my side because you are also a very large gentleman, as as myself. Um, J- Jason is of the what belief. A, what a nasty way to try and get me on your side. <laughs> you're well, not I'm doing saying, well there, Jacob. Uh, to start off, just saying. I'm just uh, I'm just saying, big guys know what's up. All right, I'm just saying. So Jason is of the belief that even if you're sick, like even if you have fucking food poisoning or the flu or whatever. Or even if you just eat some bad gas station food, it is never normal to just shit your pants. And I believe that accidents happen, and sometimes you just fuck up and like shit your pants. Sometimes. No, I never think, said that. I said it. If you're no, sick, no, shut your fucking or if you whore have mouth. Food poisoning. The question has been I can asked. understand it, but you shit your pants just. You're just be standing there and you fart and you're like, yeah, I think I just shit my pants. It, no, it's never oh, no. think. I fucking know what I did. I'm aware of the mistake I just made. Jacob, just the fact that you assumed that I would be pro randomly shitting your pants uh, has really colored my perception of what side I want to be on on this. uh, And let me give you a little backstory. A little backstory here. Jacob was the host of the Juke Joint open mic for like, what, about six months or so, Jacob? Yeah, around a year, I think, yeah. There was a three-week stint where Jacob shit his pants before the show. Three weeks in a row. My at God. Times. To be fair, it's at different times. It's not like the set time. Well, Three Tuesdays in a row, I shit my pants. Okay? One time was right before the set. He shit his pants. It was pants. right before I was supposed to go on stage, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you doing this for some kind of attention, Jacob? Is this what, what's happening? I mean, maybe subliminally, but I don't know. I just I was really stressed at the time. One time I shit my pants before like going to work at my day job. I shit my pants before hosting the open mic. I shit my pants in bed with my fiance. Yeah, buddy, this is this is this is a medical. This is an issue. This is not uh, normal human behavior. He doesn't eat. But people normally shit their pants sometimes. I think, yeah, people who are very sick and infirm, people who have beds that have uh, machines inside of them so they don't get blood clots, I, I think that I think you get once a year is, is okay. totally normal. Maybe okay. twice a year if you're playing it real fast and loose. But, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, dude, no, I'm, on, I'm Team Jason then. on this. Thank it's not, the, the, the rate that you are filling your undies is not <laughs> typical. <laughs> to be fair, I've been accident free for a few months. That's huge, man. It's it's all about day by day. You know, he's going to get better every day, one day at a time. When was the last time you shit your pants, Sam? Uh, I shit the bed in Australia last May. Okay, so you uh, should be on my side then, because it's no, been no. this year. So so last May in uh, normal human speak means last year in May. Okay. Which is 13 months in the past. <laughs> okay. So I, me and Jason, I'll both wait for you to apologize. I, I apologize to Sam Talent. I will never Thank apologize you. to Jason Robbins about fucking. So yes, I drank, I drank a million beers one night in Melbourne, Australia, and then I ate their equivalent of Burger King, which is called Hungry Jacks. Oh, and fuck then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I woke up uh, afloat in just a pond of my own diuretic. Oh. Uh, it was like, it was behind, it was between my shoulder blades, behind oh. my ears. It was truly one of the lowest points in my life. I had to, <laughs> I had to take all the bedding off this bed and put it in a pillowcase and then just like walk out 
you know, like fucking burglar style with the uh, the most soiled shit in a pillowcase. And then I had to sleep in an empty, you know, like a fucking naked bed for four days because that was day one of my time in Melbourne. So that was a low point. But you know what I did, Jacob? I learned from that because I didn't want to make that part of my thing. I didn't want right. that to define me. I didn't want it okay. to be, hey, go to the juke joint on Tuesdays down in Oakland Springs to see Jacob Craig shit his pants on cue. That's not what I wanted to happen, buddy. See, I so, thought you were I mean, going to say you, you had some bad Vegemite or something. No, no. I, I, I treated my body like, uh, like in a very negative way, and my body responded appropriately. I, I feel like that's the worst time to shit your pants, is sleeping in a bed that's not yours. Yeah, I mean, luckily it was a hotel room. It wasn't a guest room. But then the next day I had the worst hangover ever because I realized that I was like 24 hours away from anyone who gave a shit about me. Uh, <laughs> so I just felt so alone. And also I had almost drowned in my own shit. It was, it was tough all around, fellas. <laughs> well, Sam, I'm glad you're and still Jacob, here. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't live in a glass house. You know what I mean? Like I've definitely dumped, you know? But, but you don't. But throw, here's the difference. You don't throw the shit difference. in glass houses. The, d- the difference true, is, see? the difference is, I asked Sam when the last time he shit his pants was, and he knows, and he gives me a story. If I ask Jason, he's just like, "I've never shit my pants. I'm a grown person." Like, yeah. dude, everyone has shit their pants. Last time I shit my pants, I had dysentery in like 2003. Okay, dude. Yeah. Okay. That's the most I mean, I've that... ever gotten out of you. That's the most you have given me on this subject. That's 20 years ago. That's a good ratio. Yeah. Two decades of not shitting my pants because I'm an adult man. As your faculties yeah. fail, Jason, and they will soon. I'm sure they will. And you're young enough that you're going to have to take care of me when I get old. Well, yeah, Jason, dude. let me ask you this. How close to the sun are you flying? Because I feel like Jacob and I definitely uh, roll the dice a lot more than you have. But see, I, I tend to eat a lot uh, healthier than Jacob. Like, I tried to get Jacob to eat vegetables. We actually did a Patreon video where I cooked him dinner. Of, uh, and and it, it was sausage and peppers. I forgot about this. Oh, and wow. I made him some uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. He almost oh, vomited. Delicious. He almost vomited what? from a Brussels sprout. I did, what yeah. Is, why? Jacob, you're, you're the one who's wrong. Explain yourself. So, so at the time we were doing these uh, Patreon videos, where we were just like, "We'll do something fucking crazy if we have this like amount on Patreon." Brussels sprouts? That's crazy. But, so the ones before, the first one was me getting tased, which was fine. Uh-huh. The second one, we we ate um, hot ones, hot sauce that was like three million Scoville. The Apollo. Sauce. And okay. then we did, we did Jacob eats vegetables. And that was the hardest one for me. I could not. I almost threw up trying to eat a Brussels sprout. It tasted like a fucking testicle, dude. I wasn't doing it. Jason, how did you prepare these Brussels sprouts? Uh, I cut them in half. I washed them, cut them in half. And then I took a, a, a sheet pan, put some, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I put some olive oil down. And then yep, I... Classic roasted... Yeah, yep. I, I put a little olive oil, drizzled some olive oil on the top of them, and I just sprinkled some salt and pepper, and that was it. And I roasted them Classic. for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and they were good to go. It wow. tasted like a salty ball sack, dude. Wow, Jacob. I mean, how old are you, Jacob? I'm 23. Oh, Jesus. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, yeah. You don't, you can still be, you know, 
the baby from dinosaurs. You're fine. You can not the mama. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you don't have to eat Brussels sprouts yet. You're fine. I can't say. I, I would love to yeah. chastise you and say what's wrong with you or, you know, did you drown for a couple minutes when you were a kid and no yeah, one told Jacob, you? Jacob I did. Also I has... fucking did do that. You did? <laughs> yeah, dude. I drowned for a couple minutes when I was a kid and almost died. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's actually, that actually fucking happened to me. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so and, you're fucking spot on, Sam. Like no. you have me pegged. And oh, Jacob, no. <laughs> Jacob is a diabetic, and we oh. had a taste testing on the show here last. Uh, wasn't this oh Easter? It was the one dude. before. Don't fucking rat me out, Jacob. To, to ate one of my an comedy hires. <laughs> he ate an entire uh, sixteen ounce peanut butter. Uh, peanut butter. Was it the egg or the bunny? Which one was it? It was the egg. It was the Reese's egg. The Reese's egg. 16 ounces a pound. You domed a pound of Reese's egg. <laughs> yeah, live on the podcast, dude. And I'm type 1 diabetic, also. Who was on the pod? Who are you trying to impress? The Easter bunny? <laughs> it was, um, she's the voice actress for, she's a voice actress for Nintendo. She has the voice of Princess Rosalina and all the Mario stuff. And she's just like, she, so she's like a fucking Reese's aficionado. So we're like, all right, let's like taste test Reese's shit. And I ate a whole pound of Reese's. And my sugar and was like 500 afterwards. Yeah. Was she impressed? Did everything go according to plan? Um, she was horrified and I have not heard from her since. Good God, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I ruined a relationship. <laughs> for my There was no relationship, pal. That wasn't that wasn't your first date, all right? You weren't courting her by eating the pound egg. <laughs> I'm no, sorry to break it to you. So, so that was the second time she had done our pod, and I had met her in wow. person. And like, she's a fan. Yeah. Oh, she had taken business cards for me to hand out to some other guests at like a comic book convention. And then for the you pod. ruined it by munching the egg. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, that's it's, the issue. Um, I was a young man once. I would do wild things because I thought it might make my guests super wet. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad you're trying. I'm glad you're living. Jason seems like he's a solid adult that you can learn from and emulate. I'm trying. I, I'm really trying. But he makes it. He doesn't make it easy. I make your job there, very easy, Jason. Come are on. Are there any vegetables that you do like, Jacob? Potatoes, onions, uh, bell peppers. I fuck with those. Yeah, but potato is okay, probably Jason, the worst, <laughs> worst vegetable you can put in your body. Yeah, it's not a vegetable. It's a tuber, Jacob. Nice try, buddy. All right. I tried um, to get one in there. Oh, it was Laura yeah, Faye Smith. To... It, was Laura, it was the episode with Laura Faye Smith. Yeah, Laura Faye Smith. Uh, the Laura Faye Smith? Yes. Yeah, dude. Big guess. Um, I can't believe that you did that in front of her. If you were a fan of her, you would know that her family was crushed by one pound Reese's egg. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, if you're listening, we we love you. Please don't hate me. Um, Laura, say, big fan. He's just a boy. He doesn't know any better. All right, <laughs> Sam. I will say that um, growing up in the public school system of South Mississippi, uh, the lunch ladies counted our French fries as a vegetable. So. Wow, I th I think that might be common across these United States. That is that is sad. I mean, what about uh, what about cabbage? You ever had cabbage? Uh, nah, That's just a big man. Brussels sprout. That doesn't count. Yeah. Broccoli yeah. makes you throw up. 
Yeah. Oh, so I went through a phase once when I was like 16. I wanted to be an MMA fighter. And so I started like fucking <laughs> munching down like broccoli and like carrots and shit. And then one day, like just my fucking neuroses, like OCD, whatever the fucking autism I have kicked in. It was just like, we cannot eat this. Our body's going to reject it forever. You know what? God bless you, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. I I want you to eat more vegetables. I want <laughs> I, I I need you because that's what your deal is, dude. The reason you have diarrhea and you're always moments away from fucking painting your undies is because you don't get enough fiber. You had dude. Oh my god, you had hamburger helper before this. Yeah. No one should have to eat that. There's not a war on. <laughs> We're not facing an embargo. You have to not buy that stuff. <laughs> Sam, it's cheap. It's like yeah, $2, I know, could, man. I know, dude, but you don't need to get the hamburger helper. You just get hamburger, like lean hamburger, and then salt and pepper, and like paprika and cumin, and then you eat it with, I don't know, some potatoes would be a step up from those fucking engineered noodles. Just get the packets out of your life, man. Even if Damn, you just had, I- like, regular noodles, just go get some, like, whole wheat uh, you know, rotini or something and cook with it. Like that would be a yes. thousand times better than yes. hamburger helper. There's like, I yeah. guarantee you look on that box. There's no fiber in that. None. There's no fiber. And there's 400 times the sodium you need. Sam, the, the next time you do comedy in Mississippi, will you be willing to bully me into eating vegetables for a Patreon? What are you talking about? I'm currently bullying. I mean, I, I don't think bullying works. I think you have some kind of like masochistic thing inside of you where you're like, hmm, bully me. Tell me to eat the onion. No, dude, just fucking eat them. I'll gladly, I'll gladly come on your Patreon, but I'm not going to like, you know, get you hard by telling you to eat cauliflower. Okay. Yo, well, I'll teach you how to throw a frisbee. I'm sure you don't know how to do that. Even if you went to like Taco Bell and got the, the, the $2 Fiesta veggie burrito. I mean, at least it's got beans and brown rice in it. That would be something. Something somewhat fibrous. See, Something see, happened then... here, and I can't hear Jason while he's speaking. Oh, no. Oh, no. Nor can I hear you, Jacob. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you hear us now? Something, something happened. Can you hear something us must now? have come loose for you. Yeah, I heard a little squeak in there a second ago. Uh-oh. Something has happened here. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jason, I can hear you again. Oh, okay, good. Hello, Jacob. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. Thank goodness. But here's where it all comes out, because Jason's talking about Taco Bell. This man eats Taco Bell at least once a week, dude. I mean, he's... He's not shitting his pants every fucking Tuesday, Jacob. You can't <laughs> compare yourself. Okay, okay, but I'm 23. I have leeway. He's almost fucking you... 50. Look at him. He looks great. You have type 1 diabetes and a fucking <laughs> pantry full of hamburger helper. You're eating stunt chocolates at, in front of girls on your podcast, Jacob. Look at me, Please Jacob. Don't hold yourself up as some like bastion and arbiter of good, clean living. Let the man have some Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, look at me, Jacob. I'm 46 and I have the complexion of like a 12-year-old Greek boy. I mean, I you look, look great. great, Jason. <laughs> I, Jason, I will say that you you look like the best egg out of the dozen of eggs. <laughs> Correct. Yes. 
You're lucky that fucking Jacob isn't wasted and you don't accidentally put a bunch of self-tanner on your head because he'll try and eat you in front of some (laughs) Disney princess. (laughs) 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 Mr. Sam Talon, on that note, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast, buddy. Guys, thank you for having me. I had a very nice time with you guys. And I want to tell everybody before we go, I mean, all the stuff you got going on, you you can go... Find us stuff on YouTube. Definitely if you go to Spotify, listen to Waiting for Death to Claim Us, one of the funniest comedy albums you can go listen to right now. It's absolutely one of the best. Uh, just it, It's ultimately listenable over and over again. So go check those out. Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, guys. Yeah, follow me at Sam Talent on Instagram and check samtalent.com for tour dates. I'll be, like you said, in Tampa in October. Thank yes. you, guys. Go to uh, samtalent.com. That's talent with two N, two L's. I mean, not two N's. Uh, samtalent.com. It tells you all the tour dates all the way up to, wow, you got all the way up in December coming up. You got yeah, some man. tour dates coming up. Man, you're a busy man. Drawing, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nashville Zanies, December 17th, if you are a listener in the South. Awesome. Jacob, what you got before we get out of here? Oh, I just uh, got booked for Stone versus Drunk versus Sober in Mobile, um, October sixth. I'm going to be on Team Drunk. Sweet. Is that Isaac Kozell? Uh, no, it's it's Jason Leonard and and Zeke Buckholtz in Mobile. Oh, okay. I thought Isaac and Jeff hosted that show. They they I do. Apologize. They do. I think they do host it, but it when it travels, so they're doing it in Mobile. Okay. Yeah, I got to get on that too. Uh, I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna get on that show. I, I want to be the sober one because I can't. I cannot do comedy stoned, and I've tried to do it drunk before. It's not good. So I'll have to do team sober. Get on there. Tell them that Sam Talent said you had to do it, Jason. All right, I'll do that. I'll send the email tonight. <laughs> okay. I'll send him a clip of that. But yeah, uh, yes, if you want to email us. Email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. Go to openmikers.com for our website. Linktree slash openmikerspodcast takes you everywhere you need to go. And also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to see us try to make J- Jacob eat vegetables again, we might do another video. So we'll see what happens. But we will see. And actually, don't, don't join their Patreon. Actually, join my Patreon. Uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash shoving the Do that instead. Yeah, go do that. <laughs> 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 this podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.